All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the My Bow Rush podcast. We are on episode, I can't believe what. Not My Bow Rush. Yeah, The Bow Rush. The Bow Rush podcast. That's okay. Hey, you know, it's been, we're rusty. We're getting back into it. A little rusty. Yeah. Uh, But what number again? 47. 47. Yeah, so this is episode 47. 47. By the way, I'm keeping this. That's fine with me. How's it going, Scott? Pretty good, man. How you doing, Travis? I'm doing great. Uh, So I can't believe it, but we are on episode 47. Yeah. It only took us, what, three years, two years, sabbatical, one year, finally get stuff back up and running. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm thrilled because this has been the most consistent. Like, we've got a a show schedule booked out all the way through the second week of February. Yep. Uh, We've we've never had that before. No. You know. We're very fortunate. We've run into some people and reconnect some people that are making this possible. Uh, got a lot of really good guests coming on. Obviously, we spent a bunch of time talking about uh, different conservation efforts in Africa. We spent a whole lot of time. I think I think every one of our episodes so far, we've talked about getting the next generation involved. Whether that's and, and I said this this time, so whether it's an eighteen-year-old or an eight-year-old, how do we get the next generation involved? And everyone has great uh, opinions and theories and, and ways that they're doing it or ways that other people can just start to have that conversation to get people excited about getting into uh, the outdoor industry, getting into yeah. the outdoors, whether that's hunting, fishing, hiking, camping. And there's really no one way. No, it's, 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 it's every single scenario is different. Whether it's a, a small kid, you just want to get them excited about walking mm-hmm. through the woods to, you know, the uh, the uh, teenage kid that, that someone has that they're trying to get him out to actually go hunting. Or a 48-year-old, like my brother. He just got back into it. Mm-hmm. His excitement that just started after so many years being away from it, mm-hmm. I think it's just as exciting seeing a kid that's just seeing it for the very first time. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, This season's been a, been a fun one so far. We've had a lot of firsts, um, and getting the podcast back up and running yep. has been a, a a blast. I'm super fortunate. Glad we were finally at this point where yeah, things are we're in the right roll. spot to be able to do this again and bring it back, which is great. About time. So speaking about uh, moving on, episode 47. Yep. Um, you know, actually, we we got this one set up through uh, through a good buddy of ours, Tommy. Uh, we have Honey Hole game calls. Uh, Andrew Steven is coming on. Uh, Andrew is a good buddy. Uh, and a, and, a, and a longtime friend of Tommy Ainarelli, which you may recognize that name from uh, a previous episode and mm-hmm. another episode that will be coming out because we talked for so long with him. Oh, it was yeah. great. We had to split that one up. Yep, yep. Uh, at, by the way, uh, Tommy's second second episode is coming out a few after this, and we're actually talking about a new company that is launching, hence why there's a second episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be pretty cool. There's some some really good nonprofit pieces with it. He's dumping a lot of time into some really good organizations for a really good cause. Uh, so make sure, I think that's going to be what episode? 48. 48. Uh, so, but for this one, uh, Andrew Stevens is coming on honey hole game calls. What a passion for Turkey hunting this guy had. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, you can hear it. I mean, uh, him and his, I guess with three guys that mm-hmm. they started this company, but it's not just, they didn't just start the company. They've been doing this stuff for years. They grew up in it and they make their own calls. They just be able to create something that worked for them because they didn't like what was out there. There's probably plenty of great calls out there, but they wanted something specifically for their ta- uh, taste. And sure enough, other people liked it and a company came from that. But uh, he came on to kind of give us some of his passion, why he did it, and some stories. Yeah, uh, we talk a lot about his uh, hunting with his, his three daughters. And if you don't listen to anything other than this podcast, other than to hear him demonstrate his calls, oh, yeah, listen to it. <laughs> I, I, I get we're on a podcast. This is uh, you know over recording, but some of the cleanest call calling i've ever heard it was our faces our jaws dropped because it is crystal crystal clean the guy can call like a champ for sure so uh listen to this one um no further ado uh, let's listen to uh andrew steven and honey hole game calls let's bring them on what's going on man glad to have you on no oh, i'm happy to be on yeah, so i get not, not much gearing up we're trying to plan over hunt so oh, that's awesome been on, uh text messages all day trying to plan all the places we're going to and what's uh what's on the book so far 
coming down there to Georgia, mm-hmm. and then uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, Ohio, and uh, then we're going to hunt here in PA. Have you ever played the song coming down to Georgia when you are coming to Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> you know, there's a remake. It's actually a, not a remake, a, a second version of that. Um, I forgot who came up with it, but it's actually quite good. Just as good as the original. Okay. I'll have to play it. I'll <laughs> play it. It's just as, it's like a, it's not a remake. It's like the extended, the, the, extended the cut. yeah, the sequence. There you go. It's a the sequel. Sequel. There you go. Yeah. Well, right word. So are all those, are all those hunts turkey hunts or are you guys, you guys going after anything else? All of them are turkey hunts. Oh, yeah. no. Man. Yeah. So you, From, and you said you have the slam already, right? Or you're, you're, you haven't, you no. haven't got a, uh, an Osceola, Osceola yet. Yep. I haven't got the Osceola. I haven't been to Florida. I kind of did an oddball because, uh, I, once I get my Osceola, I'll get the, uh, grand slam and then I'll get, um, my Royal slam as well. Cause I, I killed my golds already. How do you plan for stuff like that? I just go wherever my buddies are going. <laughs> oh, okay. So you just follow where they're headed. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd never, now I'm starting to think about it. Like, eh, I'd like to kill one in every state and yeah, I'd like to get my Royal slam, my grand slam. But at the beginning it was just going to have fun and kill Turkey. So huh. now it's turning into a little bit more obsession. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to hooked up with our buddy, Richard Meacham down in Florida. He's his, his kill rate is absolutely astronomical. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of success. He does a lot of stuff with uh, youth organizations and I believe he does much stuff oh. on the military side too, uh, but his his properties up and down to a couple of them. Those, uh, it? I forgot the. Uh, I think it's all of uh, all of groves. That he does a lot of hunting in, and it, the amount yep. of turkeys that are down there are just astronomical. I'm in. Count me in. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it whenever. It don't matter to me. <laughs> 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 I'll schedule yeah. it tomorrow. Ed, I'll definitely get choked up with him. I'm trying to hook up with him end of this month to do a little bit of hog hunting. I'm going to be down, down in Florida for a little bit, and he's oh, he's got nice. some massive, massive hogs down there too. Nice. So the the game company, uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about it. Okay. Yeah, I uh, started it with uh, two of my good buddies, uh, Tony and Tyler, and we're – the ones that travel around all together will be coming down to Georgia and we uh we've been traveling for uh, 10 years or so and uh just kind of Tony's been making calls for about 20 years and mouth calls and I kind of just wanted I, I couldn't like I found calls that I liked but it turned into wanting to do a little like getting better better uh quality and what i i felt was better uh, calls for me and then it turned into wanting to share them with other people to other people saying you know what you ought to sell these so that's kind of how i got started on the game calls and so you're just making them taking out of hand just for your own use starting off it originally yeah yeah it was like tony heck we would be on a turkey trip and tony would take his calls with him like his call material and he'd be, we'd be making them in the cabin or wherever we were staying just for ourselves for the hunt. And then it turned into like uh, me going and buying an industrial press and everything. And now we have like three of them. But Jeez. yeah, it turned into from making calls for ourselves to making calls for us and friends to our friends saying, you know what, you, you probably have, you have something here. So why don't you run with it? So. Now we're just getting, like, we just started it up last year, so now that's how we got into the call business, I guess. We're selling locally in a couple stores here, but I think if people would find them, they're very user-friendly and some of the best sounding calls I've ever used, and I travel across the country doing this, so (laughs) it's, uh, it's something we enjoy doing, so obviously we've spend like hundreds of dollars on calls every year to figuring out what we like and what we think other people would like. Well, so I'm assuming a lot of these are going to be diaphragm calls with a lot of people either new to turkey hunting or just getting into it. 
when you're talking about calls, you really have a number of different types. You have slate calls, diaphragm calls, box calls. Um, with yes. the diaphragms that you have, how many different types do you have and what's, what's some of the differences between them? So we have, what is it? Nine diaphragm calls and, uh, they're all calls that I, 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 what I would do, I would make up a whole bunch of calls and I would try them. Once I would get one that I liked, I would pass it on to Tony and Tyler, a couple of our friends. Hey, is this something that works for you? that you like until we got it right. But we have nine, three read calls. I just came out with a, a two read call this year. And then uh, we, we do make slate and glass calls also. Mm-hmm. So we're a little bit versed and we have some locator calls, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we plan on getting into some grunt tubes and and different things to expand into archery hunting and stuff as well. Cause we're, we're big into archery hunting also. That's awesome. Well, with the, with the two read and three read, what's, what's the difference between those? The, the three read, I think they're all very easy to use as far as uh, just user friendly um, and have a great sound to them. Now every call is a little bit different. Um, just because, you know, every hen has a little bit different sound. So I was trying to get from rasp to clear to something in between. And, uh, and the, the two read call, we had, we just had a lot of people that were asking us, Hey, is there a two read call that I can try out? And I would, I would kind of make one on the fly, but I really sat down in the off season this year and, and came up with something that. I really liked for a two read call and I've never really been a two read guy just because I couldn't get me personally. I couldn't get the life out of it. Like I could the three read call. So, um, I sat down and came up with one that once I got, it, I was like, boy, I really like this. And I got it in the hands of Tony and Tyler and a couple of our friends. And they're like, yeah, this is one, this is a good one. You got to, we got to sell this one. And I actually, one of our buddies, he said, I'll pay you a couple hundred dollars just not to give it to anybody else so I can use it this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> I, and I was like, ah, oh, that might be a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to see people successful with them. So that's why we really started. Uh, I've always said to Tony and Tyler and my dad and, and different people that I'd love to be a part of everybody's hunts. I just live for turkey hunting. And this is, was the, the way I could see myself being a part of other people's hunts. That's kind of how we got our start is I wanted to, wanted to be a part of uh, harvesting turkeys and hearing the stories about how somebody used calls that we made and, and, and different things and just being a part of their success, you know? So that's how we got started. That's awesome. You know, guys who've been calling forever and experienced, they, they have their, their favorite call, right? The one that they always have in their back pocket. But as a, as a beginner for this one's just getting in this, maybe this first year, maybe they just got into it last year and are learning how to use a diaphragm. What do you recommend for them to go out and get, what, what should they go look for in a, in a diaphragm call? If they're just starting out, I'd recommend a two read call. And uh, the reason I say that is, it's just easy, user, more user friendly. Uh, it's the it's the call that's going to get you the the yelp, the yelp sooner, the the cutting sooner, and uh, to it gives you the basics. And not that they they're not. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not a no call in a turkey all day long for the best of the best. But if you're gonna, they're more learning. They're just so much more user friendly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. that uh i would start out with two read call for sure and it's like a it's like a bow with a with a much longer brace so it's a lot more forgiving yeah yep yeah. exactly yep, you well, got it. what do you guys use for your uh for your glass or slate calls so i leave that up to tyler he's mm-hmm. kind of tyler and tony are more on that end but we're using walnut wood for our pots um, and and cherry also. And we're using slate and glass 
and we're going to come out with some well we we do have green green slate as well we we didn't put it on the website because uh it was kind of experimental for us but they're really they're really some good sounding pots and we're going to do some work with crystal this year and do some experimenting but our pot calls the the slate um they have uh glass soundboards on the inside in in both walnut and cherry and we're using uh with the with the slate we're using a uh, hickory striker and then on the glass it's a um, it's purple heart striker and we're using glass soundboards and uh and glass on the on the surface playing surface as well but you guys it's turn, pretty cool uh go ahead hey do you guys turn your own uh your own strikers no no we don't um we uh we're kind of in the 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 middle phase of it we've done a lot of the homework but um we have a, a guy we we subbed that out to yeah so, it's a whole another whole other thing yeah yeah i was gonna ask yeah. like on the world do you guys do like the assembly line aspect you've created something you liked and then where how did you get pulled into knowing like okay now how do we recreate this in a, a streamline effect so it's always the same thing every single time um, and then when you tweak exactly. it, that's, that's the part where it seems pretty fascinating that like, Hey, I found something that sounds cool. All right. What steps are you taking to make it recreate that same sound? It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. It, there, there's a lot of homework that goes along with it. The, the different styles of wood, the different sound boards, the different strikers. And, and like I said, we're just kind of, this is our first year into it. We're, we're trying to figure, figure out the, <laughs> the homework behind behind it now we've been making mouth calls for a while so that comes a little bit more natural to us but um we had so many we were trying to debate whether this be just a mouth call company or or how we were gonna pursue or pursue with our company and we we got to thinking that uh we had so much demand and questions about slates and glass calls that we thought, well, that's an avenue we need to we need to go down. Not that we don't use them because we do, but uh, we want to, you know, pr put the best product out there. So it, it's been a, it's been a learning process for us as well because we we never really made the pots and and different things. So, but it's uh it's been working great. We have some great sound and pot calls. And as a matter of fact, we we did one show last year it was our first show, and with the whole Corona, we. Uh, we got shut down with for a couple other shows that we were planning on attending and we had some great feedback people coming through and you know playing our pot calls and and just just some great feedback like denny golf's boy actually bought a uh, pot call of us and if you know who denny golf is world champion turkey caller uh but that said a lot to me no kidding it was yeah it was pretty pretty rewarding I'm sure he's heard a turkey call or two in his <laughs> lifetime, you know. <laughs> Do you have any of your calls on you? Right now? Yeah. Um, I have a Miller Lite in my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of that right there. Uh, well, so you, you really I, I'm actually, all my calls are, uh, I have all my calls in the, in the basement, but if I, if you hang on, I'll go get one, but uh, I, I can't take my phone down there because I'll probably disconnect. No, no, you're good. Yeah, if you, if do you mind going grabbing one, just we can talk through a couple of calls, sure. just educational wise for some people. Sure. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, sure. I'll be back in like thirty seconds. No, I'll take your time. <laughs> Makes me want to have a Miller Lite in my hand right now. I can't. I I still cannot get into. It. I have three. <clears throat> Fat tire. Mm -hmm. Flat tire. I don't know why I call it fat, but flat. Isn't it flat or fat? It's fat tire. Fat tire. Yeah. yeah. Um, shot top. And then <clears throat> blue moon. Those are the only three. I, I can't anything else kind of got a really weird I, I haven't drank notes. I just can't. like a week and a half. I haven't drank anything in like a week and a half. Other than water? Yeah. A lot of water, a lot of milk. Why milk? protein i guess i don't know I've it's not good more. man yes it is no almond milk maybe yeah but regular cow milk calcium baby calcium you can get calcium in so much other ways 
milk in the morning. Still there? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know we're here. <laughs> okay. We're just debating about milk at the moment. Milk? <laughs> yeah, milk. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, you you walked away and I said, uh, I was jealous. It makes me want to have a uh, mower light in my hand. And then we start going through the beers that we like. And then I haven't, I haven't drank a beer in a week and a half. And we start talking about what, I'm, what am I drinking? I'm drinking water and milk, hence the, the milk debate. He says almond milk. I say normal milk. <laughs> well, I, oh, yeah. I produce my own almond milk. Like, I mean, I don't produce it, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I put it in the thing. I let it soak over water. I put a little bit of you know, extract. I press it. I grind it, and I use the, the actual milk from that to make you know, food from it. But then I have real healthy almond milk. He's he's not a hippie. He just has hippie tendencies. I'm All right. <laughs> <laughs> so call yeah, like two percent from a cow. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Two two percent all all. Um. So educational wise, again, we've we've got a, a bunch of listeners. A lot of them are archery. A bunch of them are, are rifle guys. Some are some are turkey. Some are you know big game elk, whitetail. But the guys that are just trying to get into turkey turkey hunting, understanding the difference between the different kinds of calls, whether it's a locator, uh, cutter, or mm-hmm. any of those. Can you talk through and, and maybe demonstrate just a couple of the calls that you, you would use and why or when you would use them? Sure. Uh, the uh, I would say for a beginner, the the best call to learn off the bat is a Yelp. Mm-hmm. You can kill a gobbler just by some, some normal, just plain yelps. And basically that sound is the most known hen, hen noise, hen call in the woods. So if I was going to learn a call, just starting out, I would start out with that and then I would get into cutting and, and clucking. Mm-hmm. But the, when I would use those is I usually start out with a yelp because I like to, I like to uh, get the, like fill out the gobbler. I, I think a hen, the, the plain yelp is a uh, more reserved uh, call. I don't want to come out just, just cutting and, and, and cutting and being really aggressive because you can always play it up. And I'm not saying you can't ever tame it down, but usually I, I build up to my calling. So I'll start out with the plain yelps and basically what that sounds like. Hopefully I got this one loosened up and the reeds aren't sticking, but <laughs> it's going to sound more like this. Usually I'd start out with something similar to that and, and hopefully get a gobble in a distance or uh then I would build it up to, to some cutting. Um, and, and that would be more of this sound. But like I said, I usually take the more reserved approach first, just because it seems you never know the attitude and the behavior of the gobbler and what he is, uh, his mood is. So I feel that you can normally build up and it's harder to come out and uh, be really aggressive and then tame it down. If that's not, if, if, if you did a gobble, but you might've been too aggressive in the, in, in nature, the hen usually wants to go, to the gobbler mm-hmm. um that's just the way nature plays out so he's gonna if you're calling all excited that gobbler is gonna be thinking well i'm just gonna stay right here and, and you know she's let her come to come me my way <laughs> right and so i i do the more reserved and, and build it up man i'm not gonna lie that's i and i know i don't know a ton of ton of turkey guys and i know some guys who are pretty decent calling that's some of the cleanest calling i've ever heard that's not, it sounded like you were playing oh. audio of, of, yeah. of turkey. It's like in this background. He, <laughs> you should, he just hit you. should have seen our, you should have seen our faces. <laughs> that, that sounded. Well, I appreciate it. 
Well, I, you know, so yeah. is there a particular time that you usually, so I usually focus more on um, deer hunting. And so there's times when I'll use a collar early morning, late evening, not much during throughout the day. Are there good times when you might want to start doing your sequences when you shouldn't be doing those things? Well, normally if I'm not hearing it, I'm kind of a running gunner. I'm not, I'm not usually the guy that sits on the edge of a field or, or anything. So I'm constantly moving. And normally, I, I mean, I try to be patient. And if I know there's sign in the area where I know there's turkey, I'll take it slow and I'll do some yelping or I'll do some purn and, and, and clock in to do contentment feeding calls. But I'm, I'm kind of the guy that, okay, I know there's a bird in this area. I've tried to, to tame it down, but now's the time maybe I need to step it up. Maybe he has some hens with him. So at least if I can get a gobble out of them to locate them, I'll do some cutting and some aggressive yelping to uh, see if I can at least get, at least uh, get a gobble out of them to get a, get, get an idea of where he's at or what his attitude is. And then I kind of play off it, you know, from, from what he, his uh, temperament is that morning or day. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, it really, so, does, it really does change day to day with, with birds. I mean, they're, they're the oh my goodness. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I've known, like I've seen gobblers fly up in a tree like day before or night before when I'm roosting them. And next morning I don't hear a peep out of them. And it's not because they like saw me or, or anything. Cause I would wait until dark to sneak out. It was just their temperament that they're just not, you know, they're not feeling it that day. They're not hot. So you gotta, you gotta feed off the gobbler and kind of let nature play its course. Got to fill out how that gobbler is acting in order to know how to call to them. You were saying a little earlier that there were like you move around when you find a spot that you want to start, how long do you normally stay in your location before you start getting up, moving another location and start calling again? I think patience is the key. Um, and the reason I say that is just because I've screwed it up so much over the years. <laughs> I wasn't, pa- <laughs> I wasn't patient and there was a goal. Like, I couldn't tell you how many times where I've stood up after sitting there for 15 or 20 minutes and being like, all right, there's nothing here. And I stood up and there's gobbler take or turkey or something takes off running. I was like, well, I just screwed that up just because they're not answering you. You know, it doesn't mean they're not interested or not there. Mm-hmm. So between pressure and, and predators and, and different things, they, you know, the, the turkey is, uh, <laughs> it's not really, it's down on the, the food chain quite a bit. So it, they're uh, always, on the lookout for, for, you know, predators and, and different things. So just, just because you didn't hear them doesn't mean they're not there. And if you see the sign, it's probably a good idea to sit, sit back and relax. I usually give it, you know, just a, this, every, every instance and every uh, setup is a little bit different, but uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to, if I'm going to, if I'll walk around for a little bit and if I, if I determine, you know what, I'm going to sit down and call because I know there's birds in the area. I'm going to give it some time. I'd say half an hour is a pretty reasonable time, but I hate to say that. And then at 31 minutes, somebody stands, well, at 30 minutes, and stand <laughs> up and there's, there's the gobbler, you know? Yeah. But uh, it, it's so hard. I, I don't, I don't know. You could sit there for two hours and he's been there a hundred yards from me. You just don't know. It, it just depends. I mean, he might have a flock of hens with him that are, you know, consuming some of his time. So, and if you hear the hens, that you always want to, I, I usually play the hens. Like if I, 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 I mock the hens if I get into a flock and the hens are answering me, but the, I, I suspect or know that there's a gobbler with them, I'm going to call to the hens and kind of mimic what they tell me. Do you usually, I don't want to be real aggressive with them because they'll, they'll probably take the gobbler with them. Mm-hmm. But if I can mimic them and just do feeding calls or whatever they're, if they're being real aggressive with me, I'll be real aggressive with them because they're going to probably come in to look into battle 
and then hopefully there there's something falling okay. behind her and so yeah call call the call call to the hens get the hens to come to you and bring bring the gobble yeah. with them i i think that's the safest bet i'm not saying i i'm not telling you i've never called a gobbler away from hens because i've done it but it just doesn't happen very that, often well it sounds like you are absolutely a turkey fanatic i know i know you like doing other types of hunting i know you're into archery so i'm assuming whitetail but where did where did the passion for turkey hunting come in where where did that get started what took you down that yeah, road? I, I started with my dad. My dad's a big turkey hunter and big hunter in general. And we're, we're from central Pennsylvania. And it was just uh, something I grew up doing with him. And he's he was a great, you know, turkey hunter that taught me how to, uh, he's, he's taught me the basics. And I kind of, it kind of took off from there. But once I called in my first gobbler, my first long beard, I was, I was hooked. And then uh, Tyler's my, he's a year younger than me. So we went to high school together and then Tony's a little bit older than us. And we, they had been traveling around for a little while and then I hooked up with them and it, man, it's, t I've been doing it for about 10 years traveling across the country. And we went down to Mexico in 2019 and uh, yeah, to say it's a passion it's more of a, like, now I'm addicted to it. Like, I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I don't chew stuff. I drink beer, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on this. Well, I, I've been, I'm driving down the road. I'm the weird guy that's at a stoplight. You see him, like, using a turkey call hanging out of his mouth. That's, that's me. <laughs> you were, didn't you tell me, like, you did the same thing maybe a year so, or so ago? You were just at a stop site doing the exact same thing, uh, so I looked at you weird? Yeah, so mine was with a, a duck call, and, you know, obviously we're down here in Atlanta. So you get into this, oh, yeah. and there's, there's, it, there's a lot of uh, people who are not hunters. There's a guy who's sitting in a Corvette uh, with the, with the roof down. So, uh, convertible Corvette. And I was a light beam. I was, I was a couple people behind him at the light and I was in there hammering on, uh, on a call that I got a duck call. And this guy's just slowly starts like looking around. He's like looking up at the sky, putting his hands like over his eyes. So he's just to shade the, uh, shade the sun and is looking all around. The lady next to me looks over and sees it and sees what's going on and is just dying laughing because this guy is bound to hurt to see where these ducks are at in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, I, I catch myself going into stores like to get whatever, you know, soda or, or uh, milk or whatever. And <laughs> I have a turkey call hanging out of my mouth and I don't even know it. I'm checking out the cash register. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hunting, no matter what which kind it is, it, it becomes an addiction at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Oh, so, yeah, you're not kidding. I was going to ask, uh, like, what kind of setup do you normally have uh, when you're going and you're getting ready to go hunt? Like, what's things that you bring? Uh, obviously, from your callers, but um, you know, the type of rifle are you hunting with a bow? Uh, the gear you might be carrying? Like, what's some of the things you have? Sure, I uh, I use a shotgun. Okay. Uh, for turkey. Is there and, a particular uh, gauge? I have a 12 gauge. Okay. Yeah, I use a 12 gauge, but I'm starting to, I just went and bought, I bought two 410s within the past two years. And and not only just for myself, but uh, I have three daughters and my youngest, not to change subject, but she was seven last year and killed a, a long beard. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. And it, it was awesome. And I, I got it on film. My dad was filming the hunt. So it was pretty pretty darn cool uh, your impression do you so, think it's more fun watching her hunt than you hunting oh my goodness not even comparable like yeah. i get it i'm pumped up when i kill a gobbler but I, I like i was so excited whenever she shot that i was like fist pumping in the air and i'm surprised i didn't even take her out and i was like throwing my fist <laughs> i'm like i'm like screaming and oh i was carrying on like i never you know i, I not, uh, and I, I'm like one of the most excited people when I shoot one, but I had her in between my legs. I'm kind of like acting as her tripod, and we watched a gobbler for like 10 minutes. And uh, no decoys, no blinds, just like pure, just calling. And I'm thinking, I'm waiting for any minute this gobbler, like, okay, there's nothing here. And it just kept getting closer. And it was, a, it was like a three or four-year-old gobbler. It had like engine A spurs. 
And I'm thinking, my goodness, he, this is going to happen. And I, the whole time, not that I'm doubting her, but I'm thinking there's no way this is going to play out. So, and she shot and dropped it. And I was like, oh, I, I was so excited. <laughs> I, had the, I had the video. I'm like, you got it, Natty. Her name's Natalie. So I'm like screaming, like my dad's tripping over stuff, running towards the gobblers <laughs> while filming. It was, it was pretty cool. But I got those four tens. Yeah, I didn't mean to change the subject, but I got those four tens to, I don't know, like turkey hunting's a tough challenge just as it is. Granted, you have your, I don't want to call them easy hunts, but you have them where they work out and 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 they happen fast sometimes. But I'm trying to get them hooked because, <laughs> and I'm not pushing them because if they want to hunt, great, I, I want them to. But if if not, that's fine. Also, you just show them the, man, the, the high. Yeah. I, yeah, the high I got off that hunt was incredible. And then she killed a buck fish. Like she killed, she killed a my oldest. Uh, she just turned eight in November, but she killed a that fall tur or spring turkey. She killed a fall turkey. She killed a doe with the and a buck this year. Dang! Like, wow. Holy smokes! She did better than I did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the high off that and the excitement I get, I would re I could sit back and never kill one again, and and just watch them and be a part of it. Well, I think me and you, uh, we talked a little bit about this on, uh, on the phone the other day, but the importance of passing on hunting to the next generation. Uh, what are mm -hmm. some things that, you know, obviously you're doing a lot with, with your own daughters, but what are some other things that you see that other people can do to get, you know, that next generation, whether it's an 18-year-old or, or an 8-year-old uh, that they know out into the woods, how, how, can, how can they do that more effectively? They have to in my opinion, you have to get the excitement. You have to, they, now granted, it doesn't always pan out and they might have to put some time in, but to, to be a part in the fellowship and, and the companionship and, and just being out there with somebody that you love or love to hunt with. And it, it's, it's not comparable. It, it, just walking around in the woods with, you know, your daughter or your dad or your friends and, and trying to kill a turkey those are some of the best times that, you know, I, I talk about turkey hunting nonstop, but it's be, not only because of the turkey hunt itself, but because of who you spend the time with. Mm -hmm. And I feel that uh, those are, those are some of my fondest memories is, and I even got to hunt with all my kids on the last, my, my three daughters and even my wife went like, we just kind of set up a blind in the middle of the field. Cause obviously you can't keep like, a seven and a five and a three-year-old contained, or, <laughs> you know, I think she was four then, uh, but you can't keep them contained. So, but just to spend the morning and, and be with all of them. And Who do you think's I, gonna I've be also better? tried with that. Who do you think is going to be the better hunter? <laughs> well, Natalie's already a better hunter than I am. But, uh, <laughs> she, she even went archery hunting a few times. She came close, like, super close a couple times like she's into it now she has her days where she just doesn't want to go which that's probably any kid but uh mm -hmm. except for me like or you guys i don't know but i hunted every chance i got as a kid but i uh i just appreciate when uh, it's just so cool like, she took her homework with me in the archery stand one day and like i'm sitting there doing homework like math questions with her and oh my God. <laughs> we're just hunting, you know, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm getting away with it, I'm going to, I'm going to take her, you know what I mean? Like my wife's like happy that the homework's getting done and I'm happy that we're hunting. So I'm when, compromising when? here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you but, what your favorite hunt was. I have a feeling uh, you were going to allude back to uh, that turkey hunt with your daughter. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, they're all pretty special. I was, that one and and the full the full turkey hunt. I was actually hunting archery, and saw a flock, actually two flocks of the turkey. And when they kind of got out of sight, I snuck down. I was hunting above my house and uh, went down and got Natalie. And she was still like sleeping. You could tell she really didn't want to go, but she <laughs> she was like uh, kind of waking up still. But we got up there, and within like 30 minutes, she she killed one that came up. And I, it, the best part is that. 
I was trying to teach her, like, she wasn't quite ready whenever this fall turkey came in. I'm like, Natalie, I'm looking down, and her hand's, like, back on the butt of the gun, because she's still not, she doesn't sit the gun. And she kind of, her arm goes over top, the, her armpit's laying on the butt of the gun. Mm-hmm. So she, I'm looking at her hand out of the corner of my eye, and it's on the butt of the gun, and I'm like, I mean, you got to you got to get your finger on the trigger. It's standing right there. And it, it knows gigs up. Like it notices us the same time we notice it. By the time I looked up, she had shot and, and it dropped. And I was like, <laughs> Natalie, I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to teach her. I'm like, Hey, you know, you gotta make sure you're, you're ready. When I said, I saw it come and get ready. And she's like, dad, this isn't the first Turkey I've ever shot. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me right now. <laughs> Oh my right. gosh. So, but she's funny. She's comical, and she she enjoys it. You can tell, which is awesome for me. And I actually started. You were talking about how to get youth in it. Um, I started making. I bought a plate and and different things for the press that I can make youth calls because I I want to see the youth involved as much as possible. So I started making some uh, youth diaphragm calls to hopefully get you know, youth involved with, with turkey hunting and, and, and the passion that I have for it. So I, I, I'm um, trying, to, trying to get people involved with it a little bit more. I have a uh, seven-year-old son and I've been teaching him hunting. This is the first year he's gone out and we got, we were successful, which was amazing. But one of the things awesome. I'd love to ask you and see what your opinion is, is like when you brought in hunting to your family mm-hmm. and your uh, kids, one of the things that I initially saw was like how to approach the, the part of taking a life, taking the animal's life mm-hmm. and how, like, how did you direct your kids to know that this isn't something like you're doing something uh, horrible. You're doing something that we've done for years and years and years. There's a, a heritage to this. Like, how did you, what did you approach? How did you get them to realize it wasn't something horrible and feel scared by it? I understand where you're coming. I, I don't know that I ne- necessarily ever delivered the statement, but I, I have had the discussion. Well, if there's a whole bunch of deer out running, they're going to cause crashes or they're going to get uh, disease of some sort, which it's just nature that w- we've had that conversation where it's, it's nature running its course. That, I mean, you can't overpopulate animals or, there's going to be consequences for it as far as, you know, car damage or just disease in general. Disease. Yeah. 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 But I don't, I've never, I don't know, maybe it's kind of a way of life. I don't hear in central Pennsylvania. I I just introduced her to it and I never pushed her. um, And just see if she was interested and she, she took to it. And um, my middle daughter, she's she's won a few times with me. Um, she got close to being able to shoot a doe, and, and we just never, I, I never actually had that conversation. And if they were to ask me, that's probably the route. You know, that's what I tell them because that's that's part of it. That the bondage with being with them, and and it's just nature running its course, in my opinion. I think kids, you know, often they they take our take cues from from who they're with in, in the field, right? So if they, they see how that person reacts to shooting a doe or shooting a turkey or shooting whatever it is, they take that reaction and start to kind of get that knowledge based on how the person reacted. Yeah. Right? So they, do they, You're exactly right. Which almost it was a super yeah. respectful thing or, they, you know, how did they take care of that animal after the fact? I, I think kids are very, very, very perceptive uh, to, to what's going on. I think that, that may be a lot of it. And I, yeah, I, I agree with that because I've, I've never really had to say anything. And my son asked a lot. Of to questions. be honest, I don't really know how I would say it, but um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And she's so excited. Like whenever we even see, she's like shaking, and and she always says, "I'm so nervous," and I'm like, "Calm down." <laughs> the the ones. Not, I always keep telling and going back to stories, but whenever that spring gobbler was coming in, which is the first successful hunt we ever had, um, I'm like, honey, just make sure I have a red dot on her 410. And I was like, just make sure whenever you get the shot here that the red dot's on 
on the head of the gobbler and she's like I'm trying dad but you're shaking too bad <laughs> I mean, she comes up with some good ones that girl she like gets me every time it's like oh, all right keep it together dad <laughs> oh my gosh I guess and, and I just posted that I, I, I just posted that hunt like a couple clips of it on my Instagram and on the honey hole game calls uh, Instagram for uh, you know the, the the people that are just starting to that know me or or supporting the the calls to view and enjoy because I I think it was pretty cool to to see and our react more our reaction because you can't really see the gobbler when she shoots it from the angle where my dad was filming from mm-hmm. but you hear the shot and then you just hear our reaction me yelling and carrying on and my dad like yelling and tripping and running through <laughs> different things. <laughs> It, that's phenomenal so yeah. <laughs> going back to some gear setup um what, okay, what, are the, yeah. what are those critical things that that you take in obviously i mean you've got a ton of experience and you've got things fine-tuned when you're going out but just starting out or what's something that you wish you would have known about early on when you started hunting for turkeys that you should take with you okay i i'm a mouth caller i I don't want to, I carry a box call for windy days or for locating gobblers. Um, but I like the hands-free approach. I like to be versatile. Um, I use them, you know, when I'm not actively working a gobbler and many guys use them, uh, whenever, you know, a gobbler's coming in, but I, I just, I, I just feel, I like having both my hands free. So I'm always carrying my mouth calls. I, I use my gun in states. I have a, uh, this is one thing I definitely recommend is a uh, self-standing like or self-supporting vest. Uh, That's one thing that I've learned. I've uh, a few different times I had, I would be sitting in like a, a, a pine tree of some sort, an evergreen tree. And I didn't have the self supporting vest, but you always you're always hitting those evergreen trees like limbs and and you don't even really know it and the turkey have caught that movement so that's one thing i would highly recommend the set of pruners for that same same issue i started carrying a a set of pruners with me a good pair of boots if you're planning on walking because i couldn't tell you i learned that the hard way you just got to spend money on a good pair of boots and what about a choke? My feet once choke. I, I, I make sure that you. I'm using a rhino choke out oh. of my one shot gun, but I've used. I mean, I've used Carlson's. I've used. Um, oh geez, I, off the top of my head, I can't. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, Indian Creek. I've used Indian Creek chokes, but you make. You want to make sure that you uh, pattern your gun prior to. I always pattern my guns for 40 yards to know what kind of pattern I'm getting. I've spent so much money on choke tubes and, and shells just trying to get that right pattern. Cause that's, that's important. You want to know what kind of pattern you're shooting um, because you don't want to be out there wasting your, they, I couldn't tell you how many times that I've, I've patterned and the guns off, like the bulk of the pattern is 12 inches left or right or high or low and you wouldn't you know the average the guy that just goes out on a saturday or first day or whatever probably might not know that but it's very important because it's not going to necessarily hit where your last choke hit or where your last shells that you used hit so that that's very important i use uh like the tss and heavy shot mm-hmm as far as shells and uh those are those are the basics you don't need anything here's here's the thing about turkey hunting you can be you can be cheap and and kill turkey you don't have you don't need anything real expensive or you can you can take a single shot out there with you don't even need the best a a pad a foam pad to sit on and you're you you can kill turkey all day long but it can be also as expensive as you want it as well and uh 
I'm kind of a more expensive guy just because it's what I what I have a passion for and I'm always looking for the next edge. But I don't use decoys much, but a lot of people do and a lot of people are successful with them. And I don't I, – I use them – I have used them for, like, my daughter and just trying to get her the easiest shot. But um, I, I'm more of a guy that just gets the thrill out of harvesting a gobbler with a uh, calling just because that's what I enjoy doing. And uh, so it, it can be as, as simple as somebody wants, wants it to be, or it can be as expensive and elaborate as somebody wants it to be. But those are the basic things I have. Gun, shell, know where you're shooting, and some mouse calls and good pair of walking boots. And if you plan on walk, if you're, if you're the running gun type. Well, let's say you, once you've actually taken a shot, and um, the turkey's down. What are some of the things that you need to, like, what do you normally do? Or someone that's starting out, what should they be doing with that turkey? Like, how long do they have to get that um, processed? Or how, can, how long can it be sitting? Um, like, what are some of the things that you would take at that point? So, I usually, I used to be the type of guy that would hop up and be all pumped up and excited. And not that I'm not, I kind of shoot and I, anymore, I sit there for a minute and kind of just thank God for that moment and it, take it all in because there's so many times I'd get on my phone and a picture or be right, waiting to text somebody and it, anymore it's like, I just want to take the moment to en enjoy it and, and process it and thank God for that, that you know that, that moment in uh, in the woods but i for, as far as processing uh, if it's a real hot day i get i get to it pretty quick and get it to the refrigerator or the freezer if i'm on a trip i uh i try to get in the, the motel as quick as possible but a lot of times there's three or four of us you know still hunting and some of those states you can hunt all day so we, we keep it cooler in the bed of the truck and uh we'll, we'll usually we're, we're uh breasting them out and uh a lot of guys are getting leg meat and, and different things off but and we just store it in the cooler for the most part on our trips but if i'm at home hunting i get it to the refrigerator within an hour or two any techniques that make it uh when you're plugging out the, uh, the do you do anything that makes it easier for you um no, not necessarily. I, I would say as far as breasting, like I usually pluck a few of the feathers out up near where the beard is. And then I'll just make a small hole where I penetrate the skin of the bird. And then I'll get my fingers in there and I'll pull this whole, the whole skin and feathers apart down and I'll, I'll sit on the wings and I'll just kind of stretch all the skin as far as I can. And then I follow with my knife that there's that center breastbone in the turkey. And I'll just kind of follow right around that the whole way. And then the whole way down towards the legs. And uh, that's usually how I breast my turkey out. Okay. It's pretty simple. I can have a turkey breast out a matter of two or three minutes it, it doesn't take much and like I, I know a lot of guys i i'm not necessarily one that gets all the the uh leg meat and everything i i have um the one guy with us he he usually takes it all so i let that to him so he can you know get whatever he wants off of it you know you've done you've done a couple turkeys huh <laughs> <laughs> more, than one, more than one <laughs> like I, I got yeah. the us down to like two or three minutes you'd sit here and take me 10 minutes easy <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah I, i'd say I, i'm pretty quick with it i uh the couple of the guys that i hunt with are better than i am they usually make fun of me because i'm <laughs> i get the breast off and then i'm going back to get more of the breast off that i missed and they're like well you can't get that in the first pass you know like oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty they're pretty slick with it uh it, there's always been jack john at a uh, deer camp no matter what kind of hunting you're doing there's always somewhere there oh. with a remark 
yeah, yeah, and and it's expected every time. It's like the running joke. But uh, usually we uh, soak like hopefully usually we so uh, get a hopefully get a couple gobblers early, and then uh, we uh, cook them up while we're on our trips and and stuff. We like to soak them in buttermilk, and then we bread them. And then we fry them on the on the stove, and they usually turn out pretty good. That's usually one or two of our suppers while we're on the road. Mm. Man, well, hopefully yeah. we'll be able to uh, do that while you're da- while you're down here. I know you're you guys are coming oh, in the first couple of days of. of I'm January. excited. Yeah, we booked our flights last night, so I, I'm ready to go. Um, we were talking about it all day because we're planning on going to Oklahoma and Kansas, so we're getting ready to book those flights and figure out where we're gonna fly to and drive from and, and different things so it's all in the works now we're beginning of a new year so hopefully it's uh hopefully it's a good season and hopefully this corona is a thing of the past come spring here get out and do some more traveling with the uh yeah with the traveling yeah. uh, are you having any issues transporting your their guns we haven't ran into it and to be honest we have never really flown in the in the ten years that I've been going with them. I know Tony has. Um, we usually drive everything, but I don't know if it's for I don't know uh, a lack of uh, wanting to drive or at the extra day of hunting and willing to spend a little bit of extra money to fly and get a rental car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I, I would lean towards it's an extra day of hunting for us, so we're we're going to try flying this year. There you go. We'll, we'll figure out. I mean, I'll come down. I can come down and get you from the airport. Man. No need for a rental car, man. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. I think there's three of us coming, all three of us that are in Honey Hole Game Call. So, uh, Tony and Tyler and I. So, we booked our flights last night. We should be uh, should be good to go. We're, I know we're excited. I talked to Tyler today. and He was all amped up. You said it's the same day as fishing season down there, or something? Is that yeah. right? So it's uh, it's called Trout Jam. So they uh, they open it. It's the first uh, first week of uh, trout season, which is weird that they have a trout season, uh, but that's the first weekend of uh, actual catch and keep trout season. So a lot oh, okay. of people are out uh, out fishing up in that that part of uh, that part of the country. So we got a lot of woods to ourselves. Nice. With, uh, yeah, with trout fishing around here is like a huge party scene. A lot of people uh, go out camping and partying. Yes. So they then so trout jam actually kind of takes place in in uh, a little town called Helen. So down towards that, yeah, there's there's it used to be a lot bigger. I mean, there used to be thousands of people and they'd be lined up along along the the creek that's right there, and everyone's fishing for specific tag fish that they dumped in. It's a it's a big piece. It's got a little smaller over the years. Uh, but the mass of people at Trout Jam all kind of congregate down down towards uh, down towards the uh, the little town. We'll, we'll be we'll be up right. in the mountains a little ways from there. Sounds good. So with uh, <laughs> with with Honey Hole, um, how can people follow you guys? How can they find you? How that how can they how can they buy some of your guys' calls? We are we're selling them at our website. Uh, it's honeyholegamecalls.com, and then. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page for the same. It's Honey Hole Game Calls on Facebook, and then it's Honey Honey underscore call, Hole underscore Game underscore Calls um, for our Instagram page. But yeah, the website's uh, got our email, and uh, it has links to both our Facebook and Instagram from there. So that'd probably be the best way. And we're trying to uh, we're we're trying to get it up updated and everything it, it was none of us are r- real computer savvy so it's been a little bit of a process my my cousin did us a favor and, and helped us out getting it all online but i'm trying to update it a little bit make it a little bit more um, desirable as far as pictures look and, and different things so that'd be the best way to contact us we have our email on there with so, turkey season right around the corner, what's your guys' turnaround on calls? Oh, I have them out usually the same day that they're ordered. Uh, I have a stockpile here. I have like 
over 200 of each call made and uh, I've been making them I've been making like 10 a day all off season just to be prepared for whatever comes around a corner because we're selling we're selling to a couple big local uh, stores here gun shops mm-hmm. in our area and then hopefully get a few more and don't know where things are going to lead but I, I, I we get a lot of good feedback I'm not trying to not trying to brag or any or anything like that it's just uh, trying to get our hands in the ha- our calls in the hands of you know the the turkey hunters that think I think would appreciate them and do well with them and even beginners I think they're just as good for beginners as they are for the most uh, passionate turkey hunters. I think anybody could really appreciate them. Well, if I'm 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 not a great caller by any means, and if if it can make me sound anywhere near what your uh, your examples <laughs> were, <laughs> you, you'll be a lot of them because that that was that was some crystal clear calling. <laughs> so, well, I, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be bringing calls down with me. Don't worry. I have some for you guys. Oh, well, we appreciate that. We're, we're, we're looking. No, forward. no, no well, problem. We're looking forward to it. No, any, any words of wisdoms come some last thoughts to leave with guys who are, who are just getting into it or just learning, you know, there's, there's a, so many guys that, that Turkey hunt, but don't call, or they just use a box call or a slate call. So mm-hmm. what's, what's words of advice for people who are learning how to use a diaphragm? Hmm. For diaphragm call, I, I would say just be patient and got to practice. Get the yelp down and get some cutting down. The cutting's probably going to come a little bit easier. It's just quick, you know, bursts of air across the reeds. But um, you get those down, and I would say be a patient hunter. A patient hunter is going to kill birds more often than an aggressive hunter. And I'm not saying there's not the time or the place to be aggressive because there sure as heck is. But um, I think the patient hunter that doesn't call as much um, is going to kill more birds than the aggressive hunter that calls a lot. And that's just my opinion from my different experiences and uh, my mistakes and, and, and different things. And that's right. Lear- learning from experiences is the biggest thing. That's, that's what a lot of this podcast is really about. It's kind of why it came about was getting guys on that had a lot of experience to try and maybe, maybe ramp up that learning curve for people just getting into whatever type of hunting it is that we're talking about on, on the episode. So we appreciate you sharing some knowledge with, with uh, everyone listening for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, especially thanks the, for having that, me on. the showing of how to use one. That was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully I can show you a little more down uh, Georgia here and we can get some birds on the ground. No, Absolutely. I, I, I think we've got a, a real good shot. We're going to two different, two different really good areas. One, obviously, a mountainside, uh, and then we're going to go down to some flatland, and that'll be running, gunning along a uh, along a river bottom with some adge- adjacent fields. Oh yeah, Tony's going to eat that up. He always says the mountains kill him, so that'll be <laughs> love that. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit older guy that says he's always the fat little guy that running up and down the mountains trying to keep up with me so he'll love that (laughs) (laughs) we'll get it done man i I appreciate you taking some time with us today and talking oh thank you guys for having me on it was a pleasure absolutely we'll we'll stay in touch and uh get this thing planned out as it's getting closer okay sounds great hey appreciate you have a good one all right take care guys hey talk to you later okay man so god we're another good episode um he was awesome. I mean, he really explained some of the things that I, I'm a novice when it comes to turkey calls, a uh, novice when it comes to turkey hunting. Um, you've done more turkey hunting than I have. And uh, still very novice. That's, that's why, that's, that's why, why we brought Andrew. Yeah, we brought him on. <laughs> we didn't just bring him on because we want to know more about turkey hunting. We want to bring, cause he's got a cool product, but on top of that, we, we kind of wanted to ask questions that especially things that I don't know. Uh, hopefully you got to learn some stuff, um, things I would have actually liked to have learned mm-hmm. and I'll be able to at least try it out when it comes to this season. Um, and you brought something up I didn't even hear or think about, but you're going to go turkey hunting with him, right? Yeah. 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 So we set that up. He's going to come in him and him and his uh two uh two counterparts are coming in 
opening day of turkey season this year. Okay. Uh, very fortunate. Um, we're going to do a turkey hunt up in uh, the mountains. And <coughs> then, um, no one invited me. What's just, going on with this? Ju- just booked <laughs> it. You know, you know you're coming along. So we're doing the hunt up in the mountains, uh, do a little bit of camping up there, chase some uh, mountain birds, and then uh, we're going down to kind of middle – Eastern Georgia, uh, okay. down to down to a lease that has a great river bottom, a lot of adjacent fields, and uh, you know, thanks, big shout out to Will Golden, uh, Hall County firefighter, good, good, good buddy of mine. Um, do a lot of hog hunting together, uh, but he's he's taking us down there, and we're gonna go do a little bit of uh, turkey hunt, chase some birds. That's awesome. Yep. So I'm thrilled. So you guys, please, please, please uh, go check out Honey Hole. Uh, so please, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to be putting all this stuff on our show notes. So um, whatever we say, just make sure to check that out because you'll be able to get the direct link. But what was it again? Oh, I'm tongue tied today. So it, go to honeyholegamecalls.com. Uh, if you're an Instagram guy, go to honey underscore. That's why I'm putting this yeah, on the site. No it's a kidding. little harder to find. But no. you know, Instagram is not the easiest to reach, but we'll have it on our link. But what's it? Here we go. So if you if you're. <laughs> If you do the IG thing, go to honey underscore hole underscore game underscore calls. Calls is with an S. And go check out Instagram. Facebook is obvious. Uh, just go check out uh, Honey Hole Game Calls. Uh, but, you know, we're super thankful that Andrew came on with us. We're really oh, thankful yeah. that, that Tommy and Tommy hooked us up with them. Uh, lots of great guests coming. Very thankful for all the time that they spend with us. And, and you know, I'm. I'm glad I get to learn a little something and and I've learned something every time I have one of these, one of these guys, girls on hope you guys will learn something along the way. If there's something that you are curious about, if there's a topic, if there's a part of the industry or a type of hunting or a product that you're curious on, uh, get us on Facebook, get us on Instagram, reach out to us and, and we'll find someone to, uh, who can answer that. I mean, it's absolutely. Not, it's Heck, <laughs> what we've said before, if you have a cool story you want to share, mm-hmm. there's no reason why you, you can't have the same type of opportunity to share because what you might be able to share, someone's going to learn from it. And I think that's, what's really great about this. Absolutely. So as always, where can they find us? It is mybowrush.com forward slash follow us. And it's mybowrush.com forward slash follow us. <laughs> I say it twice because sometimes people would think, well, it's just the bow rush. It is the bow rush, but it's mybowrush.com forward slash follow us. It shows you all the links on how to reach us to our social media accounts and the best way to reach us. As always, this is Scott Nelson. I'm Travis Stowe. The Bow Rush Podcast. The Bow Rush Podcast. <laughs> the Bow Rush Podcast. <laughs> We're getting better. Come back on soon. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs>